The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, everybody. Thank you for joining uh, today we've got a great topic. It's uh, mind-body uh, connection. Uh, usually uh, one is over-communicating. <laughs> so, um, you know, mind-body connection is a very interesting thing, and uh, some people may not understand uh, what that means, but uh, we'll go into it in great detail. But I'll kind of give it in, in much more human terms, and that is, for instance, you know, when a mother soothes a child, the child's blood pressure goes down, the child's stress level goes down, their appetite goes up, um, their body relaxes, they're more likely to go to sleep. I mean, you know, like a mother-child uh, interaction, those interactions are called a psychosomatic, meaning that the mother is having a actually a body effect on the child, not only the body, but also the, the mind. And... Um, you know, it's a very interesting thing that we, when certain people enter a room or when we visit certain people that we love, uh, our bodies tend to have a different take on on uh, our health. Um, given situations and given uh, how we deal ourselves in life and how we deal with life, every situation has its effect on both our mind and our body. And a lot of people uh, have looked at the mind and the body as two separate things. And the, the fact is, is that they go together. And the reason that that's taken place is, is something that has to do with the medical community. And we'll go into that in just a little bit. So here's some facts about our body. Facts about the body. Your brain is the fattest organ in your body and may consist of at least 60% fat. So that is why people call someone a fathead. Because the brain is the fattest organ in the body. And by the way, if people smoke marijuana, uh, marijuana loves to attach its cells to fat cells. So guess where uh, the, br the brain holds that marijuana in there for at least 30 days. If it's uh, from South America, it's probably longer. But the bottom line is the brain is a holding ground for all kinds of chemicals that we put in our body because fat stores that stuff. The average age of human fat cell is 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. Your body has enough iron in it to make a nail, and I'm talking like a box nail, three inches long. Your body actually manufactures that much iron. Sweat is odorless. It is the bacteria on our skin that makes it smell so bad. A lot of people don't realize that. Bacteria is the problem, not the sweat itself. Sweat does not produce an odor. 
you know, and speaking of bacteria, it's, it's all, if, if, if you extracted all the bacteria in our body, it would weigh collectively four pounds. There is more bacteria actually in our mouths than there are people in the entire world. We produce one liter, one liter of mucus on a normal day. And once again, these are facts about our body. Your heartbeat, now here's what's really cool. Your heartbeat mimics the music beat when you enjoy listening to it. So when you're enjoying a song, usually the songs that you enjoy the most are songs that are in rhythm with your heart, and your heart goes in rhythm with the song. Within three days after death, the enzymes that digest your food begin to eat you. <laughs> a lot of people don't think about that, but that's why bodies erode so quickly. Sleeping less than seven hours a night reduces life expectancy. And also, here's the bottom line, the connection between body and mind is, is a strong one. One estimate is that between 50 to 70% of visits to the doctor for physical ailments are attributed to psychological factors. And so this is really important, and this is why I wanted to tackle this particular topic today, because keeping a balance between our body and our mind is a huge thing. Now, here, here's some of the background on the history of the mind-body connection. You know, awareness of this connection is, is by no means new until approximately about 300 years ago. Virtually every system of medicine throughout the world treated the mind and the body as whole, and that was across the whole world. But during the 17th century, the Western world started to see the mind and the body as two distinct entities. In this view, the body was kind of like a machine, uh, complete with uh, replaceable independent parts with no connection whatsoever to the mind. Now, that is how we have separated our mind from our body. And this Western viewpoint had definite benefits. And, you know, it, it, it acted as a foundation for surgery to be more successful. Trauma care, uh, pharmaceuticals accelerated during this period. And, and um, you know, uh, the problem is that it has greatly reduced the uh, scientific inquiry into humans' emotional and spiritual life. And that's, that's the downfall, that, that the, the mind has not been examined nearly as much as the body has from the medical community. And if you brought those two together, I imagine healing would be on a whole different level. In the 20th century, and this is the last century, this view gradually started to change. And especially towards the end of that century, uh, researchers, uh, 60s and beyond is what I'm talking about, researchers, uh, researchers began to study the mind-body connection and uh, integrate uh, all kinds of different thoughts around how these two things work. And uh, James Lake is a, a doctor uh, from Stanford University, and he's a medical doctor, and he wrote, extensive research has confirmed the medical and mental benefits of meditation, mindfulness training, yoga, and other mind-body practices. So now we're getting into a century where we're going back to where we began and integrating the knowledge that has come from the medical community over the last 300 years. Now, what is meant by the mind? The mind is not synonymous with the brain. We're not talking about your brain. We're talking about your mind. Uh, the mind actually consists of mental states, you know, such as thoughts, emotions, beliefs, attitudes, images. The brain is the hardware. It's just the place where it stores the software, which is the mind. So the brain actually 
is not uh, the thing that makes you think. It is your mind that makes you think. And that is your software. That is the experience of mental states. Mental states can be fully, you know, conscious. They can be unconscious. Uh, we can have emotional reactions to situations well, without even being aware of why we were reacting. And, and that comes oftentimes from trauma where people will experience something in childhood and they learn how to react to it and they continue to react to it on into life. I mean, a, a good... Uh, a, a good thought about this is maybe a baseball. If, if a child is taken to a baseball game and has an incredible experience, watches their parents, how they interact in their family, basically they learn how to interact with the baseball game and all of a sudden they take that on in adult life as the behavior that they have when they go to ball games. Um, each mental state has a uh, physiology associated with it and it has also a positive and negative effect felt in the physical body. For example, the mental state of anxiety causes you to produce less or, or produce, excuse me, stress hormones. And so anxiety, if you're in that constant men mental state, you are producing hormones that are actually destroying your body and making it harder to stay in shape. And then you want to seek comfort and there's all kinds of things that take place. But but anxiety is something that is in the mind. Once again, not in the brain, in the mind. It's a state of mind. Many mind-body therapies focus on becoming more conscious of mental states. And, and that is the beauty of therapy is, is it makes you become more aware of how you're being seen, how you're seeing things, and how your body is actually responding to things. And that is a very strong uh, form of, of uh, or f productivity that comes out of therapy is when you come into therapy, you actually are much more aware of your body, your mind, and how you interact and how you're being seen. Now, here's how emotions, you know, can affect your health. And, and I'm not trying to be boring here, but this is important stuff. It is important to understand exactly what emotions can do to our health. The first thing uh, from a sense of emotions is back pain. Back pain is huge as far as emotions affecting your health. Back pain is caused oftentimes by people having high blood pressure, uh, ulcers. Uh, it could be, you know, the death of a loved one could make their shoulders go down and make their, their back hurt. How they think of themselves, if they have a low self-esteem, they slap their shoulders down. That is enormous. And back pain I'll tell you, once you mess your back up, it's never the same after that. Also, change in appetite, um, and that's usually for the worst, meaning we eat more. Uh, chest pain, many. I cannot tell you how many people, if you go to an emergency room, at least uh, 9 out of 10 of the people that are actually in the emergency room for a heart, uh, a fear of heart, and I'm talking about the people that just walk in, are, are usually stress. Stress and anxiety, you know, dry mouth, constipation, extreme tiredness. Um, you know how tired it is to be stressed all the time? It's enormous. Um, aches and pains, headaches, high blood pressure, insomnia, lightheadedness, palpitations. Uh, here's another one that's huge that has to do with how we think of our mind and our body. If we don't like our body, we have a tendency to dip in our sexual problems 
Uh, we, didn't, we tend to disconnect. We tend to be more embarrassed about how our body is being seen, and we, we tend to pull away. Shortness of breath, stiff neck, sweating, upset stomach, weight gain, or loss. You know, poor emotional health can weaken your body's immune system, and that's all there is to it. The white blood cell count will go down, and uh, colds, infections, and all that stuff will go up, and our doctor's visits will go up. There's a, a lot of folks out there that have psychosomatic disorders, and those disorders uh, cause people to think that they're always sick or they've always got problems, and uh, they tend to uh, self-defeat. And that is because they haven't calmed themselves down and able to manage themselves. So poor emotional health can really screw you up. You know, uh, sorrow leaves a physical sensation of like a hollow, empty feeling in the stomach. Body feels sluggish, listless, weak. Fear and anxiety, uh, tightening of muscles, racing heart, dry mouth, uh, increased sweating, pounding of the head, and lots of headaches. Uh, come from fear and anxiety. And, and you know, I talk to, to folks about fear and anxiety. You know, if, if fear enters, and I'm not talking about religion, if fear enters, faith leaves. Faith is an enormously important concept in life because faith is life. We have, everything we do is a leap of faith. And if we're going to take chances and we're going to make decisions and we're going to decide to go where to eat, we're going to decide to drive somewhere, we're going to decide to, to uh, go down the stairs, we're going to decide to make something for dinner, all of it is a leap of faith. But when people live in fear, they overemphasize every single thing they do. That's so much work. It is like carrying bags and bags of sand. Fear and anxiety can cause enormous bodily problems. Um, also anger. Anger, obviously the tension that comes from anger. People that are angry people, and we did a whole show on this a couple weeks ago, but bottom line is anger will just knock you out. Anger is no way to live your life. Um, you have a feeling of pressure on your chest, your hands tighten, your nostrils widen, you, you're not yourself, um, and basically you're going to have neck, neck and back problems. Uh, anybody with stress or, or anger are going to have back problems eventually because their back could just can't hold it. Also, guilt. You know, guilt will weigh you down. Guilt will weigh those uh, feelings down, and it also uh, creates enormous problems on the back. Uh, joy and love, that is a beautiful thing because it creates an openness of posture. Muscles relax. The body feels warm. Palms are open. Body feels energized. You know, your posture conveys the impression of ease. If your shoulders are wide, your back is erect and comfortable, you're much more approachable, and you're going to gain so much more in life. And uh, there are emotional energy centers in your body, and I'm not trying to be some uh, mentalist or some strange uh, uh, meditation person, but the bottom line is, is that there are energy centers of the body, and this comes from way back in China, thousands and thousands of years ago, and a lot of this is actually proved out to be true, even in the medical community. You know, um, burdens, you know, uh, affect your shoulders. So if you carry a lot of guilt and responsibility, your shoulders are probably going to be jacked up. Um, also, if you have uh, throat problems, um, you have, actually have a lack of trust. 
ability to speak your feelings. So a lot of people that cough a lot or or have all kinds of issues in their throat have a tendency to have trouble to speak their mind. Also, uh, people that carry um, heart problems have a lot of grief, sorrow, and sadness and loss. Um, they, they, they feel like they're not loved. A lot of folks that have heart problems don't feel love. They have a sense of aloneness, emptiness, embarrassment, shame, humiliation. They have a lot of repressed feelings. Um, and uh, they have a lot of uh, cruelty and meanness that's happened in their life. Heart problems are genetic. They are very genetic, and they can happen to anybody. Believe me, every male in my family's ever died has died of a heart problem. But the deal is, is that the heart also can be uh, hurt by just the way we live our lives. And so mind-body connection can have a lot to do with our longevity in this life. Also, spleen problems, um, you know, comes from what they call unacceptance, self-judgment, not deserving of good life, uh, inability to accept and receive. That's an insecurity. Um and that's usually having to do, you know, they have bowel problems. You know, spleen in that area of the body, uh, people tend to carry a lot of problems and it comes out in their uh, ability to go to the bathroom. Uh, also, their bowel syndromes and they have all kinds of nerve issues. You know, liver uh, issues can come from anger. Actually, anger and jealousy and resentment affect the liver directly. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that are alcoholics and drug addicts carry an enormous amount of anger, jealousy, and resentment. And it directly correlates to the liver. Not only does the emotion hurt the liver, but also does the alcohol and or drug that they're taking. The liver takes in those, those enzymes and it cannot process them out, and especially if it's being depleted by that. So... Um, you know, we'll go into a little bit more of our uh, survival and our emotional energy, but we're also going to go into how we can improve the situation. So we're going to come back here. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to the mind-body connection. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Thank you. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, 
You've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Thanks for coming back. Um, Okay, before we... uh, I'm going to just conclude on some things that uh, I was talking about in the last segment and these are some Chinese thought processes of how the mind and body work together and then we're going to cut the crap and get into improving our emotional health and getting into more common sense. I I, I don't like to give us a bunch of ethereal stuff but I think it's important to understand that this stuff has been around for centuries and we don't want to neglect or pass up the information that's been offered to us down through the centuries. There is merit to all of it. It doesn't mean everything is completely accurate. We're in the day and age we're in and that's all we have as far as information. But I will tell you, you know, from the sense of our survival center, our survival center is where our our sex organs are and in that area we carry enormous amounts of stress. Our survival and uh, a sense of survival affects us. If, we're, if we have a sense that we're, let's say, financially feeble or we have a sense that we are uh, in a bad situation or we've been uh, lying or cheating or doing something we shouldn't have done, we have a tendency to, uh, once we've been caught or once we've been confronted, we have a tendency to lose our libido and it is extremely important to understand that that area of our um, that area of our body is extremely affected by how we conduct our lives. Problems with the right leg, the knees, the ankles on the right side reflect feelings of lack of support in your career and your finances, and it may be a way of slowing you down and take stock of your your life and your situation. Now, problems on the right leg, and once again, these are Chinese theories. Uh, The right leg, knees, ankles can reflect feelings of lack of emotional support. Old injuries that still cause pain are due to unresolved emotional stuff that can be evident 
four years. So once again, we look at that as the mind-body. Now, how can we improve our emotional health? And that is common sense. And that's what we're here to really get down to. A lot of the things we're going to talk about, you already know. And that's the way it goes. But the deal is you don't think about it enough or you don't apply it. So I'm going to bring it back up and try to bring this into your mind and make it important. Because if you don't get that balance, if you don't get peace in your life, you are not going to be focused and your intuition is not going to be available to you. means you're not as good at listening. You're not as good at taking in the world. You're coping rather than living. We want to get our mind and our body in tune with each other. So here's the first thing that a lot of people don't do that they need to do, and that is to express your feelings in appropriate ways, like an adult, not like a child, not like a parent, but an adult. If feelings of stress or sadness or anxiety are causing physical problems, keeping these feelings inside can make you feel even worse. So if you have a cold or whatever and you're feeling stressed out, sad, anxious, it's going to be worse than it was before. The other thing is, is uh, you know, you want to let your loved ones know when something is bothering you. You know, keep in mind that your family and friends may not be able to help you deal with your feelings appropriately. However, expressing it to them builds support. Also, talking to a counselor, to a therapist, to a doctor, religious advisor, help them. You know, it's so important to express those feelings because that's what they're there for, to help you stay in tune with yourself. Also, live a balanced life. Balanced life. Try not to obsess about problems. You know, the, the deal is, is that when we have a problem, we tend to focus, 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 focus on those problems. That does not help us. We need to back away from the problems look at them, recognize them, accept them, and begin to process them. And so that is an important thing that a lot of people fail to do. Um, also, develop resilience. You know, resilience is huge, and a lot of people don't understand what resilience means, but the bottom line is resilience means that we don't focus. We basically are able to bounce back and strengthen ourselves and depend on other people uh, to help us. We don't, we don't sit around and stew on stuff. We don't ruminate. We talk to friends, and we get things going. We have social support, and we, we develop a positive concept of ourselves and other people. And we accept change, and we don't fight change, and we keep things in perspective. That is resilience. You know, a lot of people want to change life or control life, and that is just not going to help you. You know, calm your mind and body. Relaxation, like meditation, are useful ways to bring your emotions into balance. Meditation, you know, meditation is like a guided thought. It's a, um, it can take many forms. You know, for example, you may be doing it by exercising, stretching, breathing deeply. You know, you can ask your family doctor about all kinds of relaxation methods. You can ask your therapist about it because relaxation helps you get in tune with yourself. The last thing about improving your emotional health is taking care of yourself. You know, a lot of people are really crappy about taking care of themselves. They eat a lot of crap. They live in a very rushed way. They don't sleep enough. They don't exercise. They put themselves last. 
and then they have a lot of pent up tension. They uh, uh, avoid uh, their their problems. They use drugs, alcohol. These kind of things can really affect us. And uh, the problem is, is that when people avoid themselves, they basically create enormous amounts of problems in their life. We have to recognize and face our problems. You know, you got to be strong. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, hey, how can I improve this situation? What am I responsible for in life? If I've got, you know, I've, me personally, I'm 51. I've got young kids. I have got to stay alive. I can't control whether I will live to an old age, but I can hedge my bet. So, you know, my choices are to try to improve my health in every possible way through what I eat, what I drink, you know, how, how I uh, conduct myself, how I take care of my body. It is important to do that. And sometimes you have to take drastic measures. Sometimes you have to cut things out of your diet. Sometimes you have to exercise more than you want to. But the deal is you're happier once you do it. If you sit around and try to emotionally debate, you won't get it solved. Now, here's some absurd, mindful facts. The official color of the universe is cosmic latte after scientists first looked over 200,000 galaxies. Cosmic latte. So when you go to Starbucks, think of the universe. Here's another absurd, mindful fact. Harry Nielsen's song, Coconut. You know, mama bought a coconut, she bought it for a she put the lime in the coconut. Okay. Has only one chord. One chord in the entire song. It's the only song without any chord changes to land on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Also, applying... Here's a funny one. Applying a male's underarm sweat to a female's lips can help women relax, boost their mood, and help regulate their menstrual cycle. Believe it or not. Here's another absurd mindful fact you may not believe, but Marilyn Monroe had a higher IQ, 163, than that of Albert Einstein, who had 160 IQ. Isn't that amazing? Sloppy doctors' handwriting account for over 7,000 deaths in the United States in a year. Can you believe that? And I know my handwriting sucks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Now, here, here's, here's kind of how we harness the power of the mind-body connection. The mind-body connection means that you can learn to use your thoughts to positively influence some of your physical responses, thereby decrease your stress. And if you recall a time when you were happy, grateful, calm, your body and mind tend to relax. If we start to think of good memories... We tend to enjoy ourselves. If you think about getting together with your family and talking about old times or whatever, all of a sudden we feel better. It's amazing if you go to like an old folks home and you bring pictures for that person that's sitting in that old folks home for their life and they're, they're passing all that time. You bring those pictures of their childhood or when, when uh, their family was you know born and, and when they first got married – you bring that kind of stuff in, and all of a sudden, their life, they just perk up. It is enormously stimulating, and it creates so much uh, relief of stress, and it creates a calmness in the body. 
it is wonderful to be able to to uh, bring people to better thoughts. If people can have a more positive outlook, if people can laugh even when things are not going well, they can actually do extremely well in life. Research, you know, research has shown that when you imagine an experience, you often have similar physical or mental responses to those that have when the event actually happens. So when you have uh, you know, an upsetting event or a frightening experience, you may feel your heart beating faster. You may be, you may even begin to sweat. Your hands may become cold and clammy. You know, so if you, you know, if I were to think about times that, uh, um, you know, I was in an uncomfortable situation, my my uh, life was in danger. Uh, we have a tendency to go back to those events and have the same emotional experience or something similar within ourselves. You know, whether you've been diagnosed with an illness or need to prepare for a medical procedure such as a surgery, it's important to minimize the negative effects and maximize the healthy healing aspects of your mind-body connection. So if you know you're going into surgery, the last thing you want to do is predict a negative outcome. The last thing you want to do is sit around and worry about the, per, the, the small percent of people that don't make it. You want to think about it in terms of how you are going to make it. You know, you want to have a very empowering experience. You want to decrease your anxiety, enhance your ability to sleep. You want to get the, the, the white blood cell count down up as high as possible so that it can fight infection. And the deal is that means you've got to stay positive. And people that don't stay positive have a tendency to have a much difficult time, more difficult time recovering. And so there is a huge connection between mind and body as to how people can even recover uh, from a, a surgery or a medical procedure. You know, you want to strengthen that immune system and ex enhance your ability to heal. And that is huge. And we have got to take care of ourselves, not only from the physical, not only from how people see us, but also from our mind. We want to clean that mind up and start focusing on a positive. I'm talking about delusions. I'm talking about positive thinking. So here are five thought patterns that doom us for weight loss, failure, nine out of ten times. We fall into black and white. This is the first one. We fall into black and white thinking. We're either on the wagon or we're off. Um, we're either on a diet or we're not. Uh, and... If you're going to do that, you've already set yourself up for failure. If you're on a diet, it's temporary. It's not a way of life. <coughs> Excuse me. And you want to have a way of life when you're trying to get rid of fat. You don't want to be on a diet your whole life. You want to change your diet for life. We think willpower is a thing when it really isn't. Dieting is the ultimate test of a man versus nature. You know, and nature, by the way, will always win. <laughs> we think we can control our, our uh, momentary biological needs with a meal plan or a dietary regimen. That is just not the case. Um, here's another one that's uh, going to make us fatter. We resist dealing with our feelings. If you're not going to go to therapy or talk to a friend or talk to somebody about your strong emotions and deal with the feelings that you have that you have every single day, those feelings are going to get in your way and they're going to show themselves in uh, uh, basically your diet. And uh, so if you had a bad day at work, you might go get a donut and uh, sit around and eat that 
and end up seeing what the results are. We also over-obsess about our weight. If you want to be fat, over-obsess about your weight. You know, your weight is just part of your life. It is not who you are. It's not what you're about. And always thinking that you're not good enough is not going to help you. And we think eating well is a chore and that it's the pleasure in food that causes us to sin, so to speak. And that is wrong. Pleasure and enjoyment are required for healthful eating. If you want to feel good about yourself, try having a healthy diet and see what that does. We're biologically programmed to enjoy food and denying that causes us huge problems of mental and emotional and physically. We need to eat foods that are in tune with our bodies. And believe me, I am by no means in great shape. But I am working on it, <laughs> and I'm going to get better. <laughs> and that's kind of what made me want to write this show, because I want myself to be in tune, body and mind. I am part of the vast population of the United States, if not the world, that is out of whack, and I'm going to get it back in. So, uh, you know, you are what you eat. That's the golden rule. When it comes to diet, you know, you want to feel good within yourself when you eat. When you finish eating, ask yourself, how do I feel? Do I feel good about what I just ate? And if it's no, then you need to start saying no to the things that hurt you. If it is not something healthy to eat, then you need to begin to have self-esteem, and that means saying no, having boundaries. Everything is good if you can keep it within portions do not, you know, food is something that we should be eating throughout the day in small portions. We don't need to be, uh, you know, purging and, and binging. We can, we can just eat little stuff throughout the day, and you can actually lose an enormous amounts of weight if you keep your belly full to some degree and processing food. You know, if you're keeping the belly to the point where it's empty, the belly is going to call for more food at a constant time. Your stomach is going to ask for more food. And so you want to really delay that, and that's why you want to have healthy snacks. You know, uh, try to eat as much live food as possible. Eat less processed foods. You know, uh, processed foods, obviously, your uh, stuff that's pre-packaged, pre-made, and the stuff you're going to find at a fast food restaurant. You know, if you can eat small portions regularly, two to three hours, every two to three hours, and that could include even a shake, you're going to help yourself. And drink a lot of water because if you hydrate your system, it's going to digest better. You also want to limit the amount of meat you eat um, because it is very taxing on your digestive system. And you want to eat slowly and chew your food. If people forget this, some people just shovel it in. I know I've done it, but I'll tell you what. 20 to 30 bites of every food is going to help you cut down on what you eat. So we're going to take another break. We're going to talk about some more things that we could do to help ourselves. We're going to have a little more fun. Come back. Thank you for listening to the show. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? 
Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining. Uh, We're talking about the mind-body connection. Now we're going to talk about something that people hate to talk about, but that is exercise. We all need to get off our ass and get out there and try to get ourselves in better shape. I mean, exercise is something about maintaining your weight, maintaining your body. Uh, also, it's about improving. And exercise is oftentimes, you know, health clubs make a fortune, absolute multi-billion dollar industry filled with people that are out of shape, that get their little gym thing. They start for about two weeks, maybe a month. And then they show up maybe once a week and then maybe once a month and then maybe once a year. And yet they're locked into a two, three-year contract because they're trying to force themselves to actually go to the gym and they won't make time for it. And the truth is exercise does not have to mean going to the gym. You can actually do exercise in your own home. You can do it in your neighborhood. You can do it in your house. You can do it in your garage. And I'll tell you something. I exercise every single day of my life, every single day of my life. I actually wear a Fitbit. I don't know if you know what those are. You can get them at Best Buy. You can get them just about anywhere. Um, uh, But the bottom line is the Fitbit is a wonderful thing, and I don't mean to advertise them because they certainly don't uh, uh, push my show. But I'm, I'm telling you, what's great is it counts your steps. And you, everybody needs to do at least 10,000 steps a day. And that's about seven kilometers. And uh, that can be through either walking, through walking stairs, 
or uh, just incidental walking around the house, you know, we need to move. Our bodies are meant to move. You know, that this day and age is incredible because we are all so stationary. And the bottom line is you, you got to get out. Our bodies are meant to be out and exploring and working. And, you know, we used to live in the woods. We used to have to build our own homes. We used to have to do hunt. We had to do everything for ourselves. And nowadays we're lazy bums. I mean, we can pretty much go to the refrigerator. We don't have to hunt. We go to the grocery. Our exercise is walking around the grocery store rather than actually walking around or chasing the prey. And so, you know, we have to understand that we're in a day and age where we are very stationary creatures. It is not necessary for us to physically get up and do a whole lot. But if we want to stay alive, you've got to integrate exercise. And a lot of people make it an emotional decision, meaning that how do I feel about exercise? Well, I don't feel like going. I don't feel like doing it. Well, I don't care what you feel. you got to start thinking. Your brain has to start taking over. And you have to make exercise a commitment, something that you do that you don't think about, that you don't register with your feelings. You just do it. You know, if you have to go pick your kid up at school, that's something you have to do. You really can't debate it. You just do it. Well, exercise has to be in that same context. You've got to do it from that perspective. Take the emotions out and just function. Get out there and go. And see how you feel because physical activity is essential in maintaining your body and your mind. It, it increases your metabolism. It generates endorphins so your mind feels better. You know, your neurochemicals make us feel happy. It helps us gain more balanced perspective by bringing us out of our minds and into our bodies. You know, people that exercise relieve stress enormously fast by exercising. Exercising can can actually shift your mind into a much more pleasurable place and actually give you perspective on your issues. You know, it's like a vehicle that needs to be maintained and oiled. You know, it, it'll only maintain itself for a certain while. But if you leave it stationary, it's going to go to crap and look around. You'll see it everywhere you go. You know, it's, it's, it's shameful. But in uh, Europe... Uh, they walk a lot. They ride their bikes a lot because there's very, very few places to park oftentimes in the cities. And so these folks have to get up and go. And if we look at their population and if you look at the Americans that travel throughout Europe, you'll notice there's a huge weight difference proportionally between the American and the European. And that's not that's a very, very generalized statement, but the bottom line is usually you can tell who the Americans are because they're a lot bigger. And that's because we do not exercise and we need to. You know, we need to force ourselves to get out there and do it. Uh, you know, you should choose if you're gonna exercise, choose low impact activities. Cause um if your body feels strange, uh, strained, it, it, it may not necessarily help you. It may actually affect your legs, your knees, your joints. You know, if you can do low-impact activities like walking or, you know, just walking outside is wonderful. Ellipticals are great because they don't hurt your body. They actually make your body move and uh, they don't hurt those joints. You know, also yoga and tai chi can also help you because you become more aware of your body. And if anything, those art forms, those those exercise forms make your body do things that they are not your body should naturally be doing 
Unfortunately, we don't for so long that it makes yoga and Tai Chi extremely difficult when you start. But when you realize that these are natural human movements, all of a sudden your body starts coming in tune with itself. Also sleep. You know, sleep is huge. And, and people that, that sleep less than seven hours, I said earlier, they're going to have some health issues. But if you, you do less than six, your, your body and your mind are going to go to crap. You know, you cannot afford to just have six hours sleep. If you only get six hours sleep in a night, you need to go to a medical doctor, you need to get a sleep study, and you need to figure out what the heck is going on uh, because you have got to get sleep. And, and here's some sleep principles. And, and I have my own thoughts about sleep. By the way, I'll just give it to you straight. Um, if you want to go to sleep, the first thing you should do is lay down. First of all, not have any kind of stimulation going on around you, television or anything like that. Room should be dark. If you take melatonin, by the way, a lot of people take melatonin. Melatonin is a great chemical that the brain manufactures to make you tired and go to sleep. It puts you in the REM stage of sleep where you dream. It's a beautiful thing, but if you take it in the light, melatonin doesn't work. You need to take it in the dark. It's triggered by the darkness. If you trigger it with light, it will not come out and it will not do what it's supposed to do at night. A lot of people take melatonin in the light, then they go to bed. And they don't understand, they just stop the chemical from working immediately. But the deal is with sleep. Here's, here's, here's uh, the multi-billion dollar industry of sleep in a very simple way. Room dark, no stimulation. If you lay down for three minutes and think about a function, and I'm talking about one simple function, open your mouth and start breathing. Not through your nose, through your mouth. And think for three minutes, if it takes that long, how am I breathing? How am I breathing? And that's the only question you ask yourself. How am I breathing? If you focus on the function of breathing, what will happen is, just like a computer screen, after about three minutes, your brain can no longer sustain the energy to stay awake. It gets bored, and it will shut down, and it will go to sleep. But if you start slipping other thoughts in that, you're not going to go to sleep. That is the science of sleep. You can actually do this. Okay. The deal with sleeping is have a routine. Do this on a continuous basis and make it a healthy routine. Make it one that gives you enough to get more than seven hours of sleep a night. Make your bed and bedroom enticing. Make sure it is quiet, dark, and warm. You know what you want to do? some kind of form of relaxation before going to sleep, like yoga, stretching, meditation, reading. Sex can help orient the body and mind for sleep. Don't do any computer work. This is the wrong time to have your iPad out. This is the wrong time to be yapping on your phone, the wrong time to be texting somebody. Not a good idea to have your computer or doing any kind of work in the bedroom. You also want to avoid large meals before going to bed. Try to keep your dinner portions to a minimum and eat at least two hours before you go to sleep. You've got to give your, your stomach time to digest. You'll likely wake up in the middle of the night if you don't, and that's going to affect your ability to go to sleep. And by the way, this Fitbit thing that I have, it also does your sleep. It tells you how many hours of sleep you're getting. Now, here's some mind-body therapies, and these are therapies that are done by therapists. They're done by uh, priests. They're done by uh, yoga instructors, all kinds of people. Uh, they're done by uh, Buddhism. 
and all kinds of different faiths actually practice these. So, and these are essential. These therapies are essential to the mind-body connection. You know, um, the, the, the brain and the peripheral nervous system uh, are tied to each other. All organs and all emotional responses, all these organs hold emotional responses. Um, if you have a lot of stress, for instance, your stomach is probably going to be upset. Any soft organ in a stress-oriented uh, lifestyle is going to be uh, affected. Okay, so uh, the different type of therapies that are available are cognitive behavioral therapy, so that's thought and behavior therapy, meditation, prayer, creative arts, yoga, biofeedback. That's where you basically plug yourself into a computer and it, ra and it rates and tells you how you're doing is managing your stress level. You can't really bypass it. It's telling you exactly what you're doing to manage your stress. And it teaches you to be conscious of that. Tai Chi, uh, relaxation, hypnosis can help. Guided imagery where we basically take ourselves to a stream and think about you know, some great memory and, or maybe uh, something that happened or that we would like to happen and live in that fantasy, that dream for a while. You know, These are therapies that can be helped and done with another person, with a professional that can assist you. Now, we talked earlier about the word psychosomatic, and um, somatic, psychosomatic means mind-body. It refers to the connection between both. The mind-body connection is based on the principle that the nature of the mind is reflected in the state of the body. It explains why everybody is different. No two minds are the same. Neither will you find two bodies the same. Body and mind interact differently, and they take different shapes. Even identical twins are more alike at birth than any other time in their lives. Why? Because they develop their own unique personalities. And their bodies change to reflect their individual state of mind. You know, when we heal the body through the balancing of mind-body connection, we call it a psychosomatic healing. And, and that sounds like a real weird term, but that means you're, you're, you're healing both the body and the mind. Many doctors will refer, refer people to therapists. <coughs> excuse me. They'll refer people to therapists so that they will calm down and they will be more conscious because they believe their illnesses have to do with their um, ability to manage their their uh, body. They're, they're not that their their stuff that's happening to the body is coming from their psyche. So we want to change our attitudes. We want to shift our thing our thinking from the glass is half full or half empty to the glass is half full. You know, we want to take a positive faith based outlook on life if we, if we don't want to be uh, negative Nancy. So a psychosomatic therapist is equipped to bring awareness to your state of mind and body. During a psychosomatic therapy session that can be done by any therapist, can be done by you know, priests, can be done by uh, uh, yoga instructors, can be done by all kinds of people, but the various aspects of the body are examined to provide an insight into a person's emotional and mental tendencies. Each major area of the body and its relation to the other is extremely important. So that's our show, guys. We're looking at the mind-body connection. I can't tell you how important it is. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern.
Next week, we're going to talk about raising nasty teenagers. How did I become a psychotic parent? Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. Twitter is at DRGBMFT. Now remember, we all would be in much better shape if calories screamed when we burned them. (laughs) Also, being cremated may be some people's last hope for a smoking body. Thank you for joining Absurd Psychology. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.